0: Welcome to today's program. I've been waiting for you, and not just me, me and Denise. Denise, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Rick, and I'm waiting too.
0: Denise, we've been doing 10 programs on powerful women. There's so many powerful women in the Bible. Women have so much influence. They do. But what kind of influence they have depends on what God has done in their hearts. And just in case anybody thinks we're picking on women, the same thing could be said true about men. It's true. And very soon we're going to be doing a series called Ten Powerful Men. So we're going to get to the guys. But right now we're offering you the brand new series called Ten Powerful Women. We talk about Eve. We talk about Noah's wife, Sarah, Jezebel, Bathsheba, Esther, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of John Mark. And today we're going to look at Priscilla, who was... A Woman Preacher. This series is just so wonderful. Order yours and be sure to get the study guide that comes with it because when you listen to it, while you see it, or while you hear it, you really get the truth of this teaching down deep inside you. And today is the last day that we're offering this. So please order yours right now by going online or give us a call. And we're offering you today, for the very last time, the book called All the Women of the Bible, Everything You Wanted to Know About Women in the Bible, and it covers more than 400 named and unnamed women and what they did. Denise,
1: Today's my day.
0: Today's your day. You have to
1: give me that book. I'm going
0: to give you this book, Denise. Thank you very much. But you need to go online and order yours. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, my book, Life in the Combat Zone. And from now until October, we're offering you at a radical discount at our ministry website store, our story called Unlikely. If anyone was unlikely to do what we're doing, it was you and me. It was. But, Denise, God loves to choose the unchoosable. He loves to choose the unlikely. And that means I qualified and you qualified and you qualify. God will use anybody who will say yes. And this is our unlikely story, our faith-filled journey to the ends of the earth. Please order yours. And guess what, Denise? What? Today only. We're offering a CD to you called Women in the Ministry.
1: Oh, Rick, that is a powerful teaching, and it can set women free.
0: What does the Bible say? Can women really be in the ministry? Can women preach? What does the Bible say? Well, get this today. It is free. Today only. So give us a call or go online. And we'll get it right to you, and it will liberate your thinking. But be ready to be challenged by a brand new view of the scriptures about women ministry. It's going to be powerful. But reach for your Bible, and we'll be back in just a moment. And we're going to begin teaching today about Priscilla, who was a preacher
1: in the New Testament. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome back to the
0: program, Reach for Your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program, and today we're going to begin in Acts chapter 18, verse 1, where the Bible says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth." Those three words, after these things, is pretty important. Because it's describing Paul's experience in Athens. And when Paul came to Athens, wow, he had an amazing audience in front of him. And he priest with great intellectual genius. But he didn't come with signs and wonders. So the results in Athens were not as outstanding as he had hoped. And he felt like he had failed there. And now he's walking on the road to the city of Corinth thinking, what's going to happen next when I get to the city of Corinth? That's what the Bible means when it says, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. But then look at verse 2. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. And notice, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Let me give you a little background to this verse. The emperor Claudius was very upset with the Jewish communities in the city of Rome because they were talking about some person they called Christos. They were preaching Christ. And the local Jews who did not believe in Jesus were infuriated at the preaching of Christ. And it seemed that there was really a ruckus in the city of Rome over the preaching of Jesus. And finally, Claudia said, I've had it. I don't want to hear any more about this Christos. I want the Jewish communities to calm down. And because they would not calm down, he gave the order for all the Jews to be evicted from the city of Rome. And among all of those Jews was a ministry couple The husband's name was Aquila, and his wife's name was Priscilla. They probably were leaders in the brand new church in the city of Rome. They never dreamed they would be leaving Rome. It was their life. They had lived there. They had their friends there. Their church was there. Their future was there. They were there in the city of Rome. And then suddenly this edict was given by the emperor Claudius probably their documents were taken from them. If they had documents that were stamped, they were stamped and they were removed from them. And they found themselves quickly packing their bags, fleeing from the city of Rome, didn't even know where they were going to go. They boarded a ship wherever it would go, and it sailed east, and it boarded in the city of Card. They got off their ship, Now they're walking into the city of Corinth for the very first time, not knowing what in the world the future holds for them. And I'm sure they were very despondent at the moment. We've been kicked out. Who would have ever believed after we've lived in Rome for all of these years that this would happen to us? And now they find themselves on a boat just headed east. The boat ports there at Corinth. Corinth, Corinth, one of the most wicked, vile, cities in the world. Now they're walking on the road into the city of Corinth. They don't even know anyone in Corinth. And as they're walking into Corinth, guess what? The Apostle Paul is coming from the city of Athens where he feels that he has just failed. So now Paul is walking into Corinth wondering, what does the future hold for me? A man and woman are coming from Rome wondering what's going to happen to them, and they bump into each other as they walk into the city of Corinth. And that is why verse 2 says, and found a Jew. The word found is the Greek word heurisko. It's where we get the word eureka. It was a eureka moment. Wow. Paul bumped into a ministry couple. That is amazing how God brings you together with the people you need in the very moment you need it. And really, it's a demonstration of Romans 8.28. Which says, and we know that God works all things together for the good of them who love God and are called according to His purpose. It doesn't mean that God does all these things, but it doesn't matter what the devil does. God will find a way to use it to advance the gospel. And that's what God did with Paul and with Aquila and Priscilla. But Denise, notice in this verse, it says that they had lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. And when you read this in the Greek, with his wife Priscilla, is almost an afterthought. Oh yeah, his name was Aquila, and oh yeah, by the way, he had a wife whose name was Priscilla. So when you come to Acts 18, verse 1, it seems the real emphasis is on Aquila, and oh yeah, by the way, he had a wife whose name was Priscilla. But what is very interesting is that is the last time in the New Testament Aquila's name ever precedes the name of his wife. Something radical happened when they met the Apostle Paul. Well, the Apostle Paul had a revelation. He had a revelation that in Christ there was neither male nor female. And you have to also understand that Aquila was a Jew and that the Apostle Paul had been raised as a Jew, and as Jewish men in their culture, they had been raised to believe that women were to be silent and women were not to be seen. And in fact, good Jewish boys were taught to pray, I thank God that I was not born a woman, rather to be born a dog than to be born a woman. That's what they were raised thinking and praying. And so, of course, Aquila had a wife, but she was silent. But when they met Paul, Something happened, radical. What happened? When the Apostle Paul was in Antioch, he saw with his own eyes that in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile.
1: Mm.
0: Those barriers evaporate in Christ. When he was in Antioch, he saw that in Christ there's neither bond nor free. Honey, these were radical ideas. It means there's no difference between slaves and free people. That in God's mind, there's no difference between Jews and Greeks. He also said there's no difference between Scythians and barbarians. Ay, ay, ay. Even barbarians believed they were better than Scythians who were considered to be low level Scythians. But in Christ, Even those distinctions disappear. But Paul saw something else. He saw that in Christ, there is neither male nor female. Those distinctions disappear in Christ. Paul saw that. He embraced that. He believed that. And his ministry shows that there was no distinction in his mind between a man and a woman. Isn't that amazing Denise? It's so powerful. And that was a world where women had few rights. For example, women were not allowed to shop. They were not allowed to shop. If you went to the public market and you saw a woman, it was a prostitute. Regular women were forbidden to shop. They had to stay home. All the shopping was done by the men. If there was a public gathering, no women were allowed. Women were to stay at home. This was even in the Roman and the Greek world. Women usually did not own property. Women did not have the right to file for divorce. Women were to be silent. They were to be unseen. And if you ever saw the big meeting was taking place, it would all be attended by men. That was just the world in the first century. So when the Apostle Paul began to see that in Christ... There's no distinctions between all these classes, including male and female. It was one of the most revolutionary, radical ideas that had ever come to the world at that time. And people who think that Paul was anti-women have no idea what a liberator he was of women. He actually said women can come to church now that may not seem like a big deal to you, but in that world, women had never been in a public meeting, and women didn't know how to behave in church because they had never attended church, they had never been in a public meeting, and the women had to be taught how to behave in church. And I'm going to show you these scriptures today. It's quite liberating. But let's begin with Paul's revelation, which is recorded in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. He says, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek. Those distinctions are gone. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision in Christ, those distinctions are gone. Barbarian or Scythian? Denise, just for fun today, I brought something that is Scythian. This is a real buckle or metal that was worn by Scythian warriors. Scythia, Scythians, is also where we get the Amazons. The Amazons were the women warriors who shot with bows and arrows, and they were considered to be so feared. That's not legend. They were real. And this is a relic of an Amazon woman. These were Scythians, and they were considered to be the barbarians of the barbarians. But in Christ, even the distinctions between barbarians disappeared. And that's why Paul goes on to say, neither bond nor free. But Christ is all and then all. But wait, that's not all. Look at Galatians 3, verse 28. He says, In Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. And then he adds this, Neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So according to the Apostle Paul, the revelation given to him by the Holy Spirit in the world, there may be class distinctions. In the world, there may be wealth distinctions, color distinctions, language distinctions, gender distinctions. But in Christ, it all evaporates. It all evaporates. That is amazing. And Paul's ministry totally liberated. Priscilla. And it must have been very difficult for Aquila because Aquila had to go through a radical reformation in his mind to understand that his wife was free to minister. But after Acts chapter 18, every time they're listed, her name is pronounced first. It's listed first because she stepped forward in her gift and her calling after they connected with the Apostle Paul. Now, some people say, well, wait, 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 wait. There are so many verses in the Bible about women being silent in the church. Well, let's look at a few of those verses. For example, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34, it says, let your woman keep silence in the churches. People always say, it says right there, the women are to keep silent. They miss the next part. It says in the churches, women were in church. The door had been thrown open. Women had come into church. The word silence doesn't mean that they couldn't minister. The word silence depicts a modification of behavior. In this case, silence or keeping control of one's mouth as opposed to rambunctious speaking. The women had never been in a public meeting and sitting alongside of their husbands in a public meeting for the first time. Imagine how exciting that must have been. Women had never attended public meetings, and while the speaker was speaking, they would say to their husband, what in the world did that mean? They were having conversations with their husband, trying to figure out what's going on in the church. The Apostle Paul is not saying women have to be muted. He's just saying, women, don't ask the questions during the service. He was trying to teach them how to function publicly in church. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34, it says, And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for the women to speak in the church. But that phrase, if they will learn anything, guess what the Greek says? If, however, they are really longing to seriously learn Women were learning, Denise. They were attending meetings where they were hearing the exposition of the Word of God, and the women were so excited. But he says, let them ask their husbands at home. The word ask is a Greek word, which means to interrogate, which is what women often do with their husbands. The husbands feel they're being interrogated. That's okay. He says, but please do it at home. Don't do it during the service. Do it. But wait till you get home. Ask your husband every question you want to ask. Then he says, for it's a shame for women to speak in the church. This is not a restriction against women. The word to speak, the Greek word, which means to carry on a conversation while the service is going on. And somebody's preaching the word of God is not the time for a lot of different conversations to be going on in the hall. Wait till you get home and work it out there. That's really what he's saying. Or in First Timothy chapter two verse eleven, it says, "Let the women learn in silence, with all subjection." People say, "That's right. Women need to be silent." But the first part of the verse says, "Let the women learn," <laughs> and the word "learn." depicts a learner, a disciple, a follower, or even an apprentice. It is the same word which was used to describe the 12 disciples, which means women can learn. They can become apprentices. He was liberating them. He was simply saying they need to know how to learn in silence. And the word silence here does not depict speechlessness, but rather a calm as opposed to inappropriate or unacceptable public behavior. Verse 12, for I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. People say, there it is. A woman can't teach. No, no, no. It says not to teach or to usurp authority over the man. You got to connect those phrases, not to use a public teaching position in order to usurp authority. By the way, I would say the same thing to men. Men are not to usurp authority. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're under a pastor, you're not to usurp authority. That is true whether you're a man or whether you are a woman. But in this particular case, women were learning how to behave publicly. And so he said, if you teach, don't use your position to usurp authority. And usurp authority describes a domineering attitude to use one's position to take up arms against someone else. It pictures one who with his own hand kills another or uses their position to dominate and to manipulate. He wasn't against women speaking, teaching, He was against them wrongly using their positions. And he would have said the same thing to men. But he wasn't having a problem with the men. The problem was with women because women were just coming to church and learning how to behave. People just misconstrue this and say, Paul says they can't speak. They have to be silent. No, no, no. They were in church for the first time. They were wanting to learn. He said, let them learn. He was liberating them and was trying to teach them how to behave in a public context. Then when you go to Romans chapter 16, you find that Paul's own ministry is filled with women in ministry. For example, Romans 16 verse 1, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Cenchrea. The word servant is the Greek word for a deacon. This is a woman deacon. Then look at verse 3. Romans 16 3 says, Greet, there it is, Priscilla and... Aquila. Now it's Priscilla who, yeah, oh, by the way, has a husband named Aquila. And the Bible says they are my helpers in Christ. The word helpers, the Greek word sunergos, my co-workers. He includes Aquila and Priscilla as his associates. Then he says in verse 4, who for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentile, verse 5, greet the church that is in their house. Wow! Both of them in the ministry. And then in verse 7, he says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. These were Paul's relatives. This was another husband and wife team. And Paul says, They're my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles. And here we find this woman named Junia, stood in an apostolic position. Or how about verse 12? Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, two twin sisters who were in the ministry. Verse 15. Salute Philologus and Julia and Ares and his sister and Olympus, that's a woman, and all the saints that are with them implying pastoral responsibility. It is amazing. That is just amazing. We find that when you study the whole ministry of the Apostle Paul, women were liberated in his ministry. And the verses that people have misconstrued to say women have to keep silent in the church actually meant women had great liberty. That great liberty... And you have to look at the whole bulk of Scripture, and you have to look at Paul's example. You've got to put it all together. And when you look at all of it together, you find that Paul brings great liberty to women. And many, many women were in the ministry alongside with Paul. And Priscilla, Priscilla Denise, is a woman that got set free, worked with her husband for the rest of her life in the ministry, And she became a great teaching gift in the church. Is that amazing? I say amen. Amen. Anyway, we want you to get the free CD called Women in Ministry. And we're only offering it to you today. So be sure to go online or give us a call to get it right now. And we'll
1: be back to pray for you in just a moment. WOMEN ARE POWERFUL AND VERY INFLUENTIAL, BUT WHAT KIND OF POWER AND INFLUENCE THEY HAVE DEPENDS ON WHAT HAS HAPPENED INSIDE THEIR HEARTS. THE BIBLE TELLS US OF WOMEN LIKE JEZEBEL, A WOMAN WHO HAD NO TOUCH OF GOD IN HER HEART AND USED HER INFLUENCE TO DESTROY HER HUSBAND, HER SONS, AND HER NATION. BUT THE BIBLE ALSO GIVES EXAMPLES OF WOMEN WHO WERE supportive, GODLY, HELPFUL, AND DELIVERING. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament, Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. My friend, I need to
0: speak to you very directly and honestly, just for a moment. We need your help. You say, Rick, how do you need our help? Well, our ministry is bursting at the seams. We're so thankful that people around the world are tuning in to listen to our program because they feel like they finally found teaching they can trust. I hope that you feel the same way too. Well, if this program has been a blessing to you, just magnify that by people all over the planet that are tuning in to listen to our teaching and they're reaching out to us for prayer They're calling us for resources, for spiritual support, and that is a God-given responsibility, and we take this very, very seriously. But because we're bursting at the seams, we have to make some physical changes in our office in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have outgrown our building, and we need a new building, and we have found one and it is fully furnished. At the same time, we are expanding our studio in Moscow, and it takes a lot of money to build a TV studio. These are two very large projects that are taking place simultaneously, and we can do it, but we need your help to do it. And I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of this project and give into our ministry to help us expand. We're told in Isaiah chapter 54 to strengthen your stakes, lengthen your cords, get ready for growth. And my friends, God is really responding to us and he's sending us growth. And now it's time for us to do what we have to do to accommodate the people that God wants us to help. Would you help us help them by enabling us to expand so we can better take care of people. And if your heart is saying, yes, I can be a part of this, If you would just go online to our website, you'll see how you can give or give us a call right now and we'll talk with you and we'll pray for you as together we expand. I want to say thank you to Denise for being with me for 10 wonderful programs. Honey, we've been talking about powerful women, 10 powerful women. And we want you to order the whole series. Today is the last day that we're making it available. You can order it right now, and it comes with a study guide. And we're offering you today, for the very last time, the book called All the Women of the Bible. And Denise has been asking me for it, so Denise, now this is your book. But order yours today, and we're offering you our new autobiography called Unlikely our faith-filled journey to the ends of the earth. The back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. So order yours by going online or give us a call and let us know how to pray for you. But Denise and I, Want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, first, I ask you to give every one of our friends a wonderful weekend. Bless their lives, bless their activities. And Father, we ask that you do a work in all of our hearts, whether we're men or women, so that we will have power and influence in the lives of others. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Mm-hmm. I'll see you Monday. Until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8 4. Where the word of a king is, there is power.